The following program is pre-recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Lotus Radio's weekly public service show, In-Depth. To have your nonprofit featured, email PSA at lotusradio.com. This morning on In-Depth, I'm joined by representatives of the Nevada ALS organization. Uh, we have John Houston, the board chair director for ALS of Nevada, uh, the walk coordinator for the uh, the walk for ALS on May 7th, uh, Jen Larson, and Lisa Tomlin-Kerr, the development director for Nevada ALS. Uh, thank you all for joining us this morning on In-Depth. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Well, ALS, if uh, if you're unfamiliar, is uh, also known infamously as Lou Gehrig's disease. But uh, John, I'll let you explain to our listeners that aren't familiar with with ALS. What what is it exactly? So the terminology is amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, right? It's to your point, uh, better known as Lou Gehrig's disease. But you know, really, I think we're we're here more to talk about what it does and what we do. Okay. And ALS is a terminal disease. It is essentially a death sentence. You know, people are, uh, aren't aware uh, of this, but, uh, you know, I think the, the bigger thing for us to look at here is the lack of, uh, of support that's out there for patients and their families once they are diagnosed with, with this disease. You know, the doctor basically pats them on the back and, you know, pats the patients on the back and says, good luck to you. Wow. You know, and, and uh, you know, it's not even... Like, oh, here's a punch list of what to expect. You know, here's the phone number to the ALS Association Nevada chapter or even the ALS Association National chapter. It's just kind of, a, you know, sorry to break these news to you, and you're kind of on your own, which, which is horrible, right? It's, um, it, it's also where we step in. We have uh, two nurses on staff that uh, pretty much cover the whole state of Nevada and, and even bordering states. We have patients coming in from Utah, Oregon, the eastern border of California, and even the northern border of Arizona. And they provide uh, an ear to listen to what they have to say, to actually, you know, in-home, showing them what to expect, telling them about, you know, different medications that are out there, different clinical studies going on. You know, they're really just there to support the family. That's great. Well, and so these are people coming from not just Nevada, but regionally to come in and help out people that have been diagnosed with ALS. Yeah, you know, regionally by like, you know, if they're, if they're rural, like southeastern Oregon, the eastern border of California, uh, you know, sometimes Reno's a little bit closer. We have clinics. So we have a clinic in Reno. We have two clinics here in Las Vegas okay. where patients can go and, you know, see a neurologist and you know, there's a, a couple different disciplines that, that, that they can see in, in our clinics. And then from there, you know, there's, there's centers of excellence. Uh, these centers of excellence provide multidisciplinary services, you know, pulmonologists, speech therapists, physical therapists. There's about 27 disciplines that, that an ALS patient at some point or other will need to, uh, will need to see. And, and that number may be even higher. Uh, it's just a number I've pretty much been quoted. But we don't have any of those centers of excellence in Nevada. We just have clinics where a neurologist will see patients on any given day of the week or month. And so we have patients coming in and traveling to see the to see these doctors. Okay. Well, uh, well, is that something that the Nevada ALS uh, uh, chapter is looking to to help get funding for, uh, us having a center of excellence here in the state of Nevada? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. you know, the, the ALS Association Nevada chapter is kind of still in its younger stages. You know, we, we've been around for a handful of years. 
we are part of the national chapter and part of, I, I, I'm going to tread on lightly, right? Only 13 cents of every dollar we raise goes to the national chapter. And that's where a lot of the clinical studies are going on. The research. Yeah, a lot of the research is, it, those dollars go for research. And that's really where the big moves to try to find a cure for this, which I don't know if I said this before, there is no cure uh, for ALS. Right, it is a terminal um, disease, unfortunately. Absolutely. So, so you know, for for us, we're trying to accomplish a couple different things. But I think one of our one of our big goals, and it's been a newer goal here in the last six months, is to start kicking the tires on trying to figure out how how we can get a center of excellence here, right? Because people from Nevada right now have to travel either to Southern California or Northern California, and depending on what stage they're in uh, through their diagnosis. They could be in a wheelchair that weighs like a thousand pounds, you know, and it's it's extremely difficult to, you know, from here to LA to travel four and a half or five hours to go spend a day or two at at one of these um, clinics. It's a lot. It would be great if we could do that here in Nevada. Right. So that's definitely something we've got our sights on. Yeah. Well, if you're just joining us this morning, I have on the phone representatives of the Nevada ALS chapter. Visit their in, uh, website for more info at ALSNV.org. And we're talking about the, the costs associated with caring for somebody with the terminal illness of ALS. And uh, yeah, like you were saying, John, just thinking about n- not just having somebody diagnosed with ALS and, and all of the difficulties with living with that, uh, but trying to travel out of state to get care, that just transportation uh, uh, and, and and finding the medical equipment has got to be uh, incredibly uh, a difficult challenge for folks. Well, and uh, a question for, for Lisa uh, as, as the development director, where um, I know a lot of folks when they think about donating or going to these events, um, when uh, when John was mentioning 13 cents goes to the, the, the national chapter, how much of those funds go to patients just in town and, and uh, in, in our region, in Nevada? And uh, what do those funds support exactly? So, thirteen cents of every dollar goes to national and the rest stays here locally okay. for our families, and it goes to services like home visits. Um, we have two care service coordinators. They do the home visits. They help the families through, you know, the different stages of ALS, helping them fill out paperwork, just helping them through the different stages as far as ALS and, and what to expect. We have three loan equipment closets. We loan out equipment to families so they don't have to purchase them, them themselves. That way, because as you know, it costs $250,000 on average per year with someone living with ALS. Oh, wow. We also have, yeah, we also have a respite program, giving our caregivers a rest that they need. Now, you and I get a vacation so we can re-energize our batteries. Our caregivers need the same thing. So we offer respite care program, transportation program to help them with any doctor visits that they need, may need to go to. But not only that, but we also rent out vans for vacations so they can enjoy those special moments. We had a grandmother that we were able to rent a van so she can see her granddaughter's first dance recital. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, and then we also have support groups. It's really important that people living with ALS and their families know that they're not alone because it can be very isolating. And then, so the support groups helps them support one another and as well as the walk. Um, it lets everyone know that they're not alone and that we're here to support one another in every way we can. You know, David, actually, that's, that's really interesting, that, that point right there, because 
there's there are a lot of interesting things that keep this disease uh, without a cure, right? A lot of people are embarrassed. A lot of people want to keep this private when they get the diagnosis. And, you know, they only get the diagnosis uh, after being tested for everything else. And when they don't have anything else, they just kind of tell them, oh, it's, it must be ALS. You know, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we were talking about this before the call. Doctors get into the, into the profession to help people. And ALS patients really can't be helped, right? There's no cure. So doctors kind of stay away. And I think our association, and I've heard from different chapters across the country, uh, we do a pretty good job of, of instilling hope into some of these neurologists and doctors. And, and that's, that's kind of what gets this uh, movement for a center of excellence going is, is, is it's all about hope, right? And, you know, you're going to die from the disease, but you can live with this disease. And living with the disease, I think, gives you the platform that creates synergy uh, to get people to want to give. And when people start giving it, it creates attention to it. And unfortunately, the way that a lot of patients live right now, they keep it to themselves until they're, you know, in the final stages of the disease. And then they kind of have to let people know. And and by that point, you know, and it's kind of selfish of me, but, you know, they they really don't help, you know, uh, with the movement Um, because they can't. Right. right? And it's it's like they're kind of trapped in, in this world where they know what's coming and they just don't want to let anybody know because they don't want to be treated any different. But if you feel different, hasn't your world already changed? That's where we're at, right? That's where, you know, people don't know what ALS is. People usually ask, uh, uh, you know, what is that? And you say Lou Gehrig's, and oh yeah, that's what, but what is it? You know, ALS, right. finish my question before and I'll, I'll be quiet after this. <laughs> when, when somebody gets ALS, the receptors in their brain start to deteriorate, right? You don't know what's going to deteriorate first. And so that's why some people lose their voice. Some people start losing function of their arm. And that's how the disease progresses. More and more receptors start to decouple. And pretty soon their mind is, is right and, and in good shape. They just cannot, their, their brain can't communicate with the rest of their body. So I just, I, I think if people were a little bit more open, and again, I, I'm, I'm just speaking from the heart here, right? If people were a little bit more open and in their diagnosis, I think we would be further along because the platform that these people have um, of, of people that love them, that care about them, the networks that they're, you know, that they have around them. It's a pretty amazing thing when all those people get together and, and start doing something about it, you know, and, and that's one of the, well, that's one of my goals while I'm here, you know, growing our footprint in Reno, as well as just kind of allowing for people to know, what this disease is and does, and more more so how it impacts the families that have it. So a lot of folks are just not sharing the news that they have ALS or may not even be, uh, you know, aware that they have it if they haven't gone to the doctor and been properly diagnosed. Is that what you're saying? 100%. Wow. Jeez. Well, well, let me ask this question. How how far along is the, the research and science behind trying to find a cure? Is there Has there been any milestones recently in regards to research? And, and, uh, and if so, what? Well, listen. There's there, there's a lot of research going on. There there are a lot of there are a lot of different drugs that are being tested. There's a lot of feedback. The CDC is. Uh, yes. The C- so a couple of things. One is let me just step back for a second. 
is that the research from the Ice Bucket Challenge, mm-hmm. um, they, were, they found out there was several other genes about ALS, and one of them was a familial gene, meaning that you can have, um, it could be hereditary, because about 10% is hereditary, but now they were able to determine the familial gene to see whether it is hereditary. Hmm. And then right now, as far as research, we do have a new drug out there that's not approved by the um, CDC yet. And that one has shown promise um, through research, through um, Dr. Bedlock, and he's a researcher at a Duke, and that they saw some really significant improvement with this new drug. Um, I believe it's called Amalac. The, oh, sorry, it's the FDA, not CDC. Thank you. <laughs> and we're looking for approval for that for patients the right to try. In doing my research, I, I noticed that there's a, a, an abundance of, of people that are diagnosed that are veterans of uh, military services as well. Is there anything that you could speak of on that and why there's that connection, or is that just kind of an unknown factor? So a little bit of both. So veterans are twice as likely to be diagnosed with ALS as someone who wasn't in the military. So what we have is we have a national ALS registry that is being managed by the CDC. And in fact, the Department of Defense gives money towards research. A couple of years ago, it was $10 million. They increased it to $20 million. And as of 2020, they increased it to $40 million for research. And according to the CDC of the National Registry, it's the only reason why they know it's veterans because when they're filling out this lengthy survey about having ALS, mm-hmm. they had more people that was diagnosed with it was because of the military, but they don't know specifically why. Interesting, huh? Well, I, I hope that with all of the donations and with uh, you know people just being aware of ALS, uh, hopefully from this this conversation that that there will be more milestones coming up for finding a cure eventually for the unfortunate terminal illness that is ALS. And uh, and uh, again, if you want to find out more info, alsnv.org is the website. We'll post links in all of our web pages as well. John Houston, Jen Larson and Lisa Tomlin Kerr with Nevada LS. Thank you for your time. But before we go, I wanted to ask, is there anything else uh, that's in the works currently for the Nevada ALS chapter? There's a lot in the works. So the centers of excellence, I think, are, 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 a, big, are a big deal. But, but even more than that, you know, we're, we're on a daily basis trying to touch as many families as we can. Mm. Uh, again, trying to expand our footprint into Reno. You know, this is a Nevada thing. It's not a Las Vegas thing or a Reno thing. It's a Nevada thing. And so... Uh, where we're going is, is really going to be up to, you know, our community and, and how involved our community gets in, in getting the word out there. I, I think you're going to see some more ice bucket challenges here locally. You know, that event raised over $220 million, and it, it, essentially it just kind of went away, you know. And so we're going to try to revive that. And, uh, you know, it could be a, a long list of things that we're going to do because we're not going to stop. Jen and Elisa, John, Thank you all for your time and for what you do to help fight uh, the disease ALS. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Your nonprofit organization could be on this show. Email PSA at LotusRadio.com. 
This morning on In-Depth, I'm joined by members of the Altruistic American, a nonprofit organization that helps uh, create an awareness of mental health illness and and trying to get rid of the stigmas around mental health. Uh, So I'm joined today by Chris Battenberg, the president and co-founder of the Altruistic American, as well as Taylor. She's one of the sponsors for an upcoming event to help benefit the Altruistic American. Thank you both for being on In-Depth today. Yeah, thank thank you you for having us. Absolutely. Well, Chris, tell us a little bit about the Altruistic American. Yeah, so uh, we're a local nonprofit, a 501c3 organization. We uh, we founded at the beginning of last year, 2021, uh, to basically start with a, a campaign called No Stigma, which is to get rid of the stigma behind mental health. Uh, a good way to put that into perspective for folks is when your neighbor gets sick, mm-hmm. you, you don't give them a hard time about it. You don't talk about them behind their back because they have a cold. You don't snicker about it or you don't stop hanging out with them because they have a cold. You say, oh, I hope you feel better. Give them some chicken noodle soup and go about your day. And the next time you see him, you say, hey, how you feeling, Bill? Right. But when somebody is depressed or somebody's got like an anxiety disorder or, or you know, even even small things that you don't know about, but you hear about it, somebody tells you about it, you, you seem to build a stigma towards these folks. And it's not it's not right. We got to get rid of it. We really do. So our No Stigma campaign is is designed to to get rid of the stigma behind mental health illness. Um that that is what we can do now because we're we're just starting as i stated we we founded last year okay what we intend to do in the in the long run is to have brick and mortar facilities in northern nevada f- communities from elko to reno to fernley fallon sures if they want one or they need one uh, uh that are either extremely low cost or free to the to the patients that need to come in there and, and, and seek treatment. And I, when I say seek treatment, I mean anything and everything. You need to come in and you just need a hug, come in and get a hug. If you need to come in and talk to a, an actual doctor, we hope to have doctors on staff that will, you know, that donate their time to be able to treat somebody in a critical situation. You know, that that's our end goal because in, in our area and, and a lot of the communities around our area, mm-hmm. there isn't anything of that, you know, magnitude where you can just walk in 24 hours a day without any kind of judgment or stigma about it, right. you know? Um, and, and we want to change that. And the only way to, to change things is to be that change. And so that's, you know, where we decided, my wife and I decided to found the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had been doing work in the community with with uh, Keep Chucky Meadows Beautiful in the past and, okay. and a couple other local local organizations that, that uh, are amazing and awesome. But it wasn't quite speaking to us the way that we wanted it to, but we knew we wanted to do something for our communities. And that's when... We just had a, a shower thought, if you will. My wife said, why don't we just focus on mental health and just mental health? I've lost m- numerous friends to suicide. My wife lost one of her ex-boyfriends to suicide. So it's extremely close to us. I'm very sorry to hear about that. It, it, you know, it... it, it it's sad, but in, in a, hopefully it'll it'll save someone else's life because it's getting us into action, you know? Mm-hmm. Um well, thinking about the, you know, it seems like mental illness has been very top of mind even this past couple of years with COVID and a lot of people, you know, the whole entire world has gone through this together. So it seems like mental illness has been more top of mind recently than it ever has been. Was there a certain, um, you know, like you said, with people close to you losing their lives because of suicide, is that what inspired you and your wife to start this organization? Oh, absolutely. 110%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I think the, the idea was, you know, our own personal experiences and then realizing that it, it doesn't matter who you are, 
your your social standing, your amount of money in your pocket does not matter. Mental health will affect you either directly or indirectly. It will happen, and and it's a matter of time before it does. That's an unfortunate circumstance that we face as humans, but it's a reality that we face. And the only way to do something about that is to be proactive, not reactive. You know, not to say that you can't be reactive, but proactive is the best approach. You know, so that's where we our thought process was when we decided to to start the the nonprofit. And mm-hmm. you know, luckily through the grace of a lot of really good friends and family and and support from the community and folks such as Taylor, you know, we're able to to keep going towards our mission and and we're getting really good traction right now. You mm-hmm. know, with the like you like you spoke of the Best in the West Beard Festivals coming up, and that's that's huge. That that helps fund our, our, uh, scholarship program that we have the ENL scholarship. Uh, and that sounds like a lot of fun too, by the way. Uh, uh, I saw some of the pictures of the past year's, uh, best in the West beard festival events at Wingfield park. And, and we'll get into some of the details about that, but I wanted to, to, to ask you, Taylor, how, how did you two end up meeting and decide to partner up to be a sponsor, to help out Chris and the altruistic American and get on this, uh, this bandwagon. So to this help raise awareness? legit just happened three days ago. Oh, wow. A okay. friend of mine tagged me in a post that Chris was looking for booth vendors, mm. but I didn't really care about that. I just saw mental health awareness, sponsorship, and I personally struggle with that. We all struggle with mental health or anxiety or something at some point in our lives. It's very close in my family as well. My sister's on medication for it. So I like the meaning behind this event and also the meaning behind his organization. And I definitely think I'm going to be part of more events for him rather than just the Beard Fest. Okay. Because I love the meaning behind of this event. It's very important to get the word out there. I deal with men on the daily. I'm a hairdresser, so I have guys venting to me. And for some reason, men don't think they could be sad or let those emotions out. So I think it's very important to get rid of that stigma in men and kids and adults and in teenagers and get rid of that because we all deserve to get sad here and there and have someone to talk to. So Mm -hmm. I just reached out to him, seeing if there was anything else he needed. I was totally going to put up a booth, and then he asked me to be a judge for part of the festival as well. So I will be judging all the beards as well. Well, and our listeners can't see this, obviously, but Chris has an amazing beard. (laughs) Beautiful uh, beard. And it looks like you would compete in the Best in the West Beard uh, Festival, uh, which is coming up June 18th at Wingfield Park, by the way. Um, and, and you brought some products, too, uh, from yeah. your company. So the listeners can't hear, like, they can't see it, but I definitely have it. So the product I use in the shop is called American Crew. It's known all around the world. It's been long around longer than I've been alive. Okay. It's the very first men's grooming brand that came out there. So this is sold all around the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I brought some products if you want to put some in your beard and feel it out. But I'm so excited for you everybody know, to. I won't do it now in the studio, but uh, people can come check out the booth. At, yes, what, definitely. What's the name of the, the company booth. again? At, that'll be at the, the Beard Festival? So it's going to be Taylor Scissors and Clippers, which is my shop, and we're going to be selling the American Crew, which is a world-known um, world beard product men's styling line. And maybe people can put that in their beards before they get into the yeah, competition. We're, we're going to be, <laughs> I'm going to actually be doing on-site styling. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Chris wants to go into the details more about the Beard Fest before I start talking about what I would be doing for it. <laughs> yeah, it, so the Beard Festival, to to sum it up, is like a music festival, but with a beard competition thrown in the mix. All right. Uh, we're going to have live music all day long, starting at 10 a.m. all the way till 8 p.m. when we turn the lights off, you know? Okay. Uh, so we we hope to have about five to six bands play throughout the day, uh, mainly rock bands. Uh, that's, you know, it's my thing. I'm wearing a Guar shirt. I love I love rock and roll. Oh, yeah, so, Right on. You know, um, <laughs> but... 
we've got like right now we've got Los Pistoleros. They're amazing. They've they're uh, they've donated their time man. to us before. They're rockabilly. They're amazing. They rock out really good. If you haven't seen them before, don't miss them. Come out and check them out. Even if it's just for them, you'll you'll enjoy yourselves. And then Lincoln Skins. I'm a little biased. It's my my bonus kids band. And uh, all right, I'm yeah, he play, cool. he plays the drums for them. And they're they're a punk rock band. And honestly, they're really starting to come into their groove lately. And they're 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 they just created a couple new songs that are just absolute beautiful songs the the riffs are well timed the drums mm-hmm. pristine excellent yes sir <laughs> so anyway the the music's going to be pretty cool we have a headliner that technically lincoln skins is headlining the local bands okay okay so they'll be playing right before the beard competition beard competition starts at five i guess mm-hmm. i should point that out real quick uh it'll go for about an hour and a half two hours seven to eight o'clock we're looking at having a, a, a pretty big name band. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Ooh, uh, secret. And, and it's something that we can it, talk about that off mic. Yeah, it's something that that <laughs> yeah. you know you don't want to miss it. So if you're just joining us, I'm, I've been talking with Chris Battenberg from the Altruistic American and uh, Tay Tay, as you like to be called, as well, <laughs> one of the sponsors for the Best in the West Beard Festival event, which will benefit the nonprofit organization, the Altruistic American. And this Best in the West Beard Festival sounds amazing. Um, how can people uh, donate? Before this festival starts, is there? Um, I noticed you have the website. Can people just go to the website right now and help out if they want to? Yeah, right now, uh, as far as the website goes, it's not really where we want to direct people for technically helping out. Um, okay. You can sign up to be a volunteer on our website right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a PayPal link on there for donations, but we we prefer you not do that. We prefer you to come out to an actual event, and if you want to donate, donate at the event. Okay. Spend your money at our vendors. You know, uh, uh, donate to the scholarship. Join the competition. Yeah. It's 25 bucks per per category that you enter into the competition. If you got a beard, so, come out. Yeah, beard, no mustache. The size. Wait, I got you beat. I got the best part about <laughs> it, in my opinion, my favorite part about it is we have a women's and a kids category. This is How awesome. How does that work with um, a beard competition? I'll tell you. Tell you. So <laughs> when you when you register, okay, you pay for your registration just like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. We have we're gonna have a booth set up that has a bunch of fake hair, beard, felt, and oh, stuff, so you can make your okay. own fake beard. Uh, we did it at the last one, and it was a hoot. We only had two kids come out and do it, but it was it was amazing. It was awesome. They loved it. That's great. Um, so what, what we got is, like, uh, I don't know, extensions? I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, not, like not hair extensions. Stuff like that. Yeah, they put in, their, in their, on their face to make it look cool, and then they come out, and they get judged just like everybody else would. Yeah. It's no different than anybody okay. else's judging. It's pretty awesome. It's fun. Very lighthearted. You will, everybody that competes... You know, they'll get a little a little handbag with some stuff in it. You know, if you win, you'll get you'll get yourself some notoriety. Not on, not only that, but the bragging rights of winning the beard competition are pretty pretty big. People take it kind of serious. It's pretty funny. Absolutely. You Do know? you have a, like an altruistic American like beard trophy for the Best in the West Beard Fest competition? You, you know, if there's somebody out there that wants to make us some, we wouldn't say no. There we know? go. But, uh, <laughs> trophy we, shops. Yeah, we don't yeah. necessarily have one right now. No. Okay. Uh, and this is going on again. Um, the Best in the West Beard Fest uh, to benefit the altruistic American happening June eight. At Wingfield Park in downtown Reno. Yes, sir. Going from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Is that yep. right? Mm-hmm. Now, I want to extrapolate on that. 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yep. All right. I want to extrapolate on that too. When you when you say that it benefits the altruistic American, I, I want people to understand too something that none of us take any salary. None of us on the board take a single cent from this organization. Uh, all of the money gets put right back into our cause, whether it's information, uh, uh, out- resources, outreach. Or our angle of the brick and brick and mortar facilities. None of us take a salary right now. You know, at some point mm-hmm. when we have to put full time into this, you know, I work full time jobs. So yeah, yeah. you know, so does so does Richard. 
obviously Taylor does. She owns <laughs> her own business. So, you know, we can't just go into it as much as I'd like to. At some point, that could be a thing. But we don't take a salary from from any of this. The money that we raise from the beard competition, the majority of the proceeds are going to go to our ENL scholarship I'd mentioned earlier. We got to a point where we were really short on finances. Mm-hmm. And had we not had a very, very generous donor come through and help us, we wouldn't exist right now. And the ENL scholarship's named after those donors. Okay. They don't want to be named. Uh, so we just kind of abbreviated and said, okay, well, this is how you'll be known, you know, the ENL scholarships. So that's great. You can apply for that scholarship on our website. Mm -hmm. It's for local college students that are currently enrolled in a mental health field. And it does, I don't want people getting short sighted with that either. There are so many different facets that go into mental health Mm -hmm. that, that it's not just counselors and psychiatrists. That's not the law enforcement corrections, Counselors at schools, okay. you know, there's social services. There are so many different uh, facets of our society that that actually play into the mental health world that people don't realize or or necessarily uh, acknowledge. All right, so thank you again, Chris and Taylor, for joining us today, talking about the altruistic American, and uh, be sure to put on your calendar to go to the Best in the West Beard Festival. It's happening June 18th at Wingfield Park, downtown Reno. Music and uh, live bands. There's a beard competition, obviously, and a cornhole tournament. A lot of great ways to raise awareness uh, for for mental health, and and hopefully, you know, we'll get those mental health facilities uh, built, and we'll get that going sometime soon. Yes, Did sir. you guys want to add anything before we go today? We. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to forget we will have a safe talk for teens will be there. They're going to have a booth there, which is uh, I really, really like their organization. What they do is amazing. Uh, Taylor talked about the younger generation needing help. Safe you know? talk for teens. Yeah, safe talk okay. for teens. They're amazing. Go check them out if you haven't. If you if you, you know, just go look at them. They're they're really they're a really amazing organization, another nonprofit in the area. So, yeah, they're good people. So they'll be there. They'll have a, a booth. We're looking at a couple other mental health providers to have booths there so you guys can get some information, find some resources that you might not have had otherwise. So awesome. Yeah, just want to make sure that was, that was, you know, noted. <laughs> of course. Well, thank you both again for joining me today. And, uh, we'll be, um, you know, putting down some info about the beard festival as it gets closer to that date on June 18th. That's going to be Wingfield park, downtown Reno, best in the West beard festival, benefiting the altruistic American, uh, Chris and Taylor, Tay Tay. Tay Tay. Thank you guys so much for having us. Yeah. Thanks for joining we'll us. We'll change today. some lives. Even just this is going to change some lives. All right. Nice. Thank you guys. And remember no stigma. It's okay to not be okay. Thank you for listening to In Depth. To have your nonprofit organization featured, please email PSA at lotusradio.com.